0: Welcome to the Faithful 31 Moms Podcast. I'm your host, Mallory Allen. Whether you find yourself in the joys or the messes of mom life, we want to encourage you to remain faithful as you join us every Wednesday in creating a community of real moms, real stories, and real truth based on the Word of God. Welcome to the Faithful 31 Moms Podcast. I'm your host, Mallory Allen, And today, I'm going to be interviewing Darlene Brock. Welcome, Darlene. Oh, welcome to you, Mallory. It's so good to be here. Well, Darlene, you're from Nashville, correct? Originally, yeah. We lived there for a long time. Where do you live now? Florida. Florida, okay. And Darlene, you're a woman of many hats. When I was researching and studying you, reading your book... Darlene is a mom. She's a wife. She's an author. She's a businesswoman and a co podcast host of this. Is it Grit and Grace Life podcast? It is. That's it. And it said on your website that y'all focus on all types of different issues that women face. So maybe you should go check her out on the Grit and Grace Project.org. I will include that link on faithful31moms.com in our blog show notes. So you can go check her website out in her podcast. But That's today, great. in particular, I wanted to talk to Darlene about being a mom of two girls. What are your girls' names? Lauren. And she, we actually named
1: her after my father. So it's spelled L-O-R-E-N, which is kind of weird, but it worked out. Yeah. And Chelsea. Yeah.
0: And so Darlene has a book called Raising Great Girls that I think that you're going to find helpful, but it's also fun and it's really realistic. That's why I really enjoyed it, because I thought, you know, you can actually get something out of this when you read it. So Darlene, tell us a little bit more about your girls and your family.
1: Uh, As I said, I have two daughters, Lauren and Chelsea, and they're grown now. They're, They're young adult women, and they have children of their own. And um, I have a husband who's you know, been my husband for about a billion years. We <laughs> built at least that. Uh, we built businesses together. I was in the music business for over 20 years. And then we moved away from Nashville. And I'm not a person who could sit still for very long, which is why I started uh, Grit and Grace and gathered a bunch of women from around the country who have a lot of life experience. And I'm in the middle of that now.
0: That's awesome. I love that. And I always like to ask a couple of fun questions. I hope that's okay. So listeners can get to know you better. Uh, Of course. Let's see. What about, what is your favorite fashion accessory to wear?
1: Mm, I love boots, which was really bizarre when I moved to Florida because you don't (laughs) wear boots very much in Florida. So when it turns 72 degrees, I put my boots
0: on. Oh, I love it. That's a true Nashville person right there. It is. But, you know, you'll have to trade them in for sandals and flip-flops most of the year. True. What about your favorite dessert?
1: Ah, uh, really luscious brownies with ice cream and lots of uh, salted caramel.
0: Ooh, that sounds like my husband's favorite dessert. No, oh, we could share. <laughs> what about your, are you a coffee or a tea person? Oh, I think tea's a
1: waste of time. Sorry for tea drinkers out there. I want the coffee. I want the full <laughs> caffeinated, strong stuff. That's me.
0: Me too. That's Mothers need coffee to get going. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Survival. Yes. As, that's when I started drinking it. All right. Are you a beach? You already live in Florida. So are you a beach or a mountain person for your vacation? Can I just say Yes. Yes, you because like both? I love
1: them both. I love them both. Yeah, we actually have a kind of a cottage up in the mountains too that we get away from the Florida heat. So,
0: I like both of them. Okay, well, perfect. You're a good balance on that then. And yeah, what, hope what, so. <laughs> and what is your love language? With, like specifically talking about with your girls, what what do you think it is? Like I know my mom like loves to. I'd come home and she'd love to give us gifts and have things like, you know, how do you love on people?
1: Mm, I think it's words. I think I, I've always strived to encourage my girls. And what was ironic with them is is they were little physical humans. They love touching both of them and Mm. I'm not a physical person. So it was kind of like, sit still mom, let them touch all over you because that's important to them. (laughs) And, you know, for me though, I think it was words of affirmation, encouraging them.
0: That's awesome. I think that's the way that uh, I like to receive love the best. So that's great that you affirm them so well. All right. So I told you this. I know when we talked, but I have a sister and she's been on the podcast. So listeners will be familiar with her, Kenzie. And it was just us two. But now I'm a boy mom. I only have two boys. So I'm excited to have this podcast for girl moms today. And I wanted to throw out there today, if you are not a girl mom and you have boys like me, hold on stay tuned next month we are going to have a boy moms podcast about raising boys into godly men so stay tuned for that but today darlene i wanted to get into more of your book raising great girls you subtitled that book help for moms to raise confident capable daughters perfection not required i love that that's (laughs) awesome
1: well, it's true. And I think most mo- moms
0: and even more today,
1: but moms think they need to do it all right and perfect. And then they think their their daughters need to do it all right and perfect. And I'm saying it's not going to happen. Take that
0: off, lower your bar
1: a little bit, and then you'll be able to pull it off.
0: Absolutely. Nobody's perfect. So it's no. so true. Give yourself a break. And you go on to saying your intro that you titled No Experience Necessary, which is the perfect way to start because I think we all feel inexperienced when we become mothers. Uh, You say, I'm going to read it because I don't want to mess it up. Hindsight, the ability to understand a situation or event only after it has happened. A word that becomes abundantly apparent in every area of life as you ponder the past. You go on to say, especially in parenting. So you've successfully raised two girls into young women. And so I'm really excited to hear some of your hindsight moments today and learn from your experiences I think this is going to be so great so let's start at the beginning okay your experience of you're a working woman like you said you don't like to sit still you keep moving and you are driven obviously and you find out unexpectedly that you're pregnant tell us a little bit about where your head was at then
1: Oh, I panicked. I am not a tearful person, but I cried for a month (laughs) because I was sure whatever this little human was going to be that entered my life, I was going to screw them up. I had, you know, I had philosophies. I think everybody has a little bit of idea of, well, if that was my child, but (laughs) you know, that didn't work out very well. So I kind of went from terror to resignation, to birthing my first child and then realizing it was a little girl. So with that in mind, I was even slightly more afraid because I, you know, in the music business I worked mostly with men. I worked with bands on the road, in in the record company, et cetera. And I was, they were just simpler to me and women were more complicated. So (laughs) here I was ending up with two daughters that I was tasked to raise.
0: Mm -hmm. And you talked about how you went and like, researched women who had raised daughters and children, like, well, tell us a little bit about that. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I'm kind of a,
1: I don't know what you would call me. I'm part geek, where when I was in (laughs) Uh, what we call junior high, that is now middle school, I read every biography in the library of women who had accomplished anything, because I thought I needed to learn why, what, how they did what they did, so I kind of took the same approach to this, is I wanted to find some women who had done this well, that came from every area of life, from very wealthy to very impoverished, and I thought, you know what, if they can do it, I can do it, because pretty much they were normal, ordinary women. And I didn't really know how, but I thought, all right, there's some way to manage this. So I'm going to figure it out.
0: Absolutely. And I really feel like the Lord honored your like intentionality on that. So that's really neat. And you go on to unpack your book into like 13 categories. I know technically they're chapters, but they seem to most like categories. And Our listeners, you're just going to have to pick up the book to know what they all are because we can't get into all of them today. But one thing that you wrote was, I discovered then and can confirm with great assurance now that this motherhood thing is not merely one job. Mothers are not just mom. They fulfill a variety of positions and responsibilities. We are required to be a professor, counselor, financial advisor, and coach. We must brainstorm, create, figure out, simplify, organize, protect, and encourage. And like many of you, I had to do all of this while fulfilling another job outside the home. So that's a little bit of a sneak peek of the book as it gets started into those 13 categories. So talk with us about that, balancing continuing to work outside the home and being an intentional and a good mother.
1: It is uh, quite the dance that you do, Um, and what's funny, Mallory, is a few years ago, I actually sat my daughters down in their adult place and said, from your perspective, how did I do it? Because from my perspective, I felt like I was running and gunning the entire time, and my eldest daughter said, I knew you would always pick up the phone. I knew if I called, even if you were in a meeting, even if you were on the road, no matter where you were, you would always answer. And mm-hmm. what's funny, Mallory, is I remember answering going, I do not have time for this. I am <laughs> in the middle of all of, you know, I have a band doing sound check right now. And my daughter wants to talk about the most ridiculous things in the entire world. Right. But I did. You know, I I didn't do it perfectly. No mother does, obviously. But I think just deciding that even in your work, you're going to say, My kids do have this very, very important place. And, you know, I took them with me whenever I could on the road or however I could bring them into my world, as well as me entering their world.
0: That's great that they always knew, even over work, that they were the priority. I think that's so important. And then you talked about. You titled a little section called Friend or Mom, and this kind of intrigued me a little bit because even with my boys, you know, you struggle with that balance of, you know, your mom, you know, you need to set the firm rules that they, they thrive under them, actually, but sometimes it's hard because you just want to be their friend, and I imagine with a mom and girls, this will be even harder. Talk with us about that and the whole coaching idea that you had in your first chapter.
1: Yeah, I think it is hard, especially with girls, because, you know, when a girl doesn't like you, <laughs> then you really feel it. And that's, <laughs> you know, their daughter too. Sometimes they don't like you. And that's, that could hurt mm-hmm. because you want your daughter to like you. You want to have that relationship. But the reality is they have one, generally have one mom, one person who plays this role and has this responsibility in their life. They have a bunch of friends and friends generally, Tell them they're great, even when they're not.
0: <laughs> that's you know, so true.
1: Yeah, they do. And friends friends will you know, be that person that just wants to hang around them. But you've got a bigger responsibility than that and a longer term relationship than that because friends come and go. So you want to hold that position of motherhood. And when I talked about being a coach, that's kind of your starting place because you're not a member of the team you are the coach, you are the one who is in charge, you are the one who calls the plays, you are the one who <laughs> actually you know, encourages the team, tell them how great they are, what they're good at, what they need to improve. You bench them, you, know, you, you are the one <laughs> that says, what you're doing is not right, so we're gonna do something about it. But you have to start there, or you'll never be able to become their friend. And I can honestly tell you now, at this point in my life, my daughters are still my daughters. I am still their mom, but they are also my
0: friends. I love that. My dad's a coach, a football coach in Alabama. So it really made me <laughs> chuckle whenever I was reading that chapter, because just the way that it translated into how they parented me as well, it was it was really neat. I like the analogy. Okay, so... Moving on, I read some really funny stories that you said that you always ask your daughters for permission to share. But in particular, in your creative counselor chapter about your daughter coming home and trying to get a rise out of you, telling you that she was going to get a tattoo and the way that you responded to that. Tell us that story. It's so funny.
1: Yeah, she was, I think, 13 at the time, which at that age, they're always trying to get a rise out of you. Um, But I knew, I mean, I couldn't get her to get a Shot at the doctor. I knew a needle coming close to her was not going to happen. So instead of saying, No way, on God's green earth, are you going to do this? I said, All right, let's go figure out what you want. Let's look at designs because this is permanent. So if you want to do this, we need to make sure it looks lovely. And let's, you know, go. I don't know where you find tattoo design, but we'll go find some and we'll just start the process of which one you would like to have and where you'd like to have it. And I floored her Mallory I totally floored (laughs) her because that was not what she was expecting and she went oh okay all right okay we could do that that sounds good she never talked about it again reverse
0: psychology there
1: (laughs) yeah it was and that was just because I knew my daughter and I knew that there was a purpose behind this and it was not to get a tattoo it was to get a rise out of me and I wasn't going to take the bait sometimes as moms you have to just not take the bait
0: that's good advice I agree Uh, What about, you talk about mom guilt, and I know that we all feel this, you know, just in the balance of, you know, me dropping my kids off this morning to get here to record with you, and then trying to get back to be with them when they get out of school, and you know, sometimes I can't, sometimes I have to stay at work, and I always seem to beat myself up about it on the way home, like, oh, I should have been the one to pick up my kids today, not their grandmother, or not my husband, you know, and just everyday things that we feel as moms, like mom guilt. You give a lot of encouragement on this. Could you share and encourage the moms today on that? Sure. Uh, Let me just give you a story. I traveled a
1: lot when my girls were growing up. Sometimes I would be able to take them with me, and those were special times, but more often than not, I couldn't. And, you know, I had I had nannies who worked for me some. I had my husband who was home when I was on the road. We would kind of take shifts. And there was one time where I was out on the road and I called the house and I was talking to my husband, checking in like you do as a mom, making sure that he had done all the things that needed to be done. And I heard him yell, Chelsea, the phone dropped. I heard running across the room. I heard yelling and I'm like, oh no, Jesus, oh Jesus, what's going on? Oh no, what's going on? And It was, it just seems like it was forever. But he finally gets back on the phone and says, everything is fine. And I'm like, well, what happened? Well, Chelsea had decided she would take tweezers and stick them in a outlet, in a plug and got zapped. Okay. So, you know, Chelsea's fine. No permanent damage. Thank you, Lord. But I hung up going, I should have been there. If I would have only been there, if you know all the ifs that moms do I, I know my daughter she would have still stuck the stupid tweezers in the stupid outlet and she would have still gotten shocked whether i was there or not and it's kind of saying to yourself it's okay that i'm not always there because her dad was there or as you have her grandparents were there or you know these these babysitters i had that were treasures that taught them so many wonderful things they were there It's not all on you. And sometimes they are enriched by the other people in their lives when you're not there.
0: Yeah, that's so true. I love hearing that perspective because one thing that I have received a lot of requests for is talking about working moms and balancing work and being a mom as well. And so many times I think when you hear Faithful 31 Moms, a podcast for moms you know that you hear i'm going to be talking about staying home full time and being with being with them all the time homeschooling them whatever all those things are awesome and blessings but not everybody can do that and so i love hearing the balance and encouraging the moms that are working or are traveling it's just a good perspective for us to share today, and so I'm really excited that, that you're here to share that with us. And another thing that I saw, and I was curious about this, I really don't know for sure, so I, I want to hear what you have to say. You talked about, as you titled her, a grand lady of grit and grace, and you said that was your husband's grandmother? Is that correct? Minnie? Yes.
1: Is... Minnie Ethel Manus. We called her Minnie Mom.
0: Is that where the title of your your company, or your podcast came from? It is, actually. I
1: had two grandmothers that inspired me. One was my great-grandmother, and the other was Minnie Mom, my husband's grandmother. And they were just incredible women, just amazing in their life. And they weren't, you know, there's not big statues, there's not books written about them, nothing like that. But watching them live their lives inspired me because they did it well.
0: That's awesome. And you said she had like eight kids or something like that. Is that is <laughs> she that
1: did. Right? Yeah, she did. And after I had Chelsea, my second one, she said, that's enough. And I went, Minnie Bob, you had eight. She said, exactly. And that's all she said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. You, yeah. You
1: had to but she, yeah. And she, she raised her kids. Of course, part of it was during the depression um, but she, you know, she raised the food, she sewed the clothes, she, you know, she even made the shoes for the kids. Wow. Uh, but what was amazing about her is she was so kind and so loving and so accepting of everyone. And she also um, just never gave up. I mean, there were There was a time after I got married, my father-in-law asked me when I was visiting, when my husband and I were visiting her, if I would take pictures of her hands. And I'm like, sure, Pop, you know, (laughs) your hands. And he said, yeah, they mean so much to me. Well, I went and said, Minnie Mom, Clarence would like this. Can I take pictures of your hands? And she's like, these nasty old things, these horrible things, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And I said, Minnie Mom, they mean the world to him. And I did, and I framed some pictures for him. And he said, these are the hands that cared for me. These are the hands that grew the food that I ate. These are the hands that made sure that my life was everything it could possibly be. And I thought, what a testament to motherhood. What a testament to what a woman like that can be in the simplest ways.
0: Yeah, Proverbs 31 woman for sure. Wow. Yeah, Yep. That is so neat. I I wanted to hear more about that. I wasn't sure. So I wanted to ask you if that was where the name of of your podcast and everything came from. So that is that is a neat dedication to her life. That is cool. Yes. (laughs) All right. So in conclusion with your last chapter before she does have a little bonus section for dads, but I didn't read that because I'm not. a dad. (laughs) So um, in your last chapter, you said, I think. The portion that embodies the role of a mother the most accurately is that we never give up. We never lose faith. We always hope and endure. Most daughters will challenge you, whether it comes in a two-year-old being defiant through middle school pressure and high school rebellion or your adult child's life choices, a daughter will test even when they do a mother will still love. And you reference 1 Corinthians 13:4 through 8. That's love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Love never fails. I love that. That's so neat. What are some examples of this with your own girls? I know they probably tested you many times and you still love them through it because like you said, love never fails. It's not easy,
1: Mallory, because you will see your daughter. And, you know, when I, when I titled this, I said confident and capable daughters. That's what you want to raise. You don't want to raise perfect people. You don't want to have that expectation. You know, and I'm telling you, you know, need to know, they're going to make some mistakes. They're going to go down some roads that you wish they didn't. But the reason I brought that verse in is because you never give up. You never, ever, ever give up. That you stand by them and walk with them through their struggles as they're finding their way into the person, the people that they want to be and that you want them to be. So, you know, for me, both of them had different times. My eldest was just a horrific (laughs) two-year-old and my youngest was a very challenging middle school, high schooler, okay? Um, We had, I I refer, we refer laughingly at this point to the dark years of my youngest. And, you know, there was nothing that would please her and nothing she wanted to discuss. And this was my youngest from about 13 to 16. And, you know, you, I felt like I was in a fog, but it was like, instead of letting her just live in that fog, I kept pushing my way into it. I kept trying to be part of her life. Instead of letting her go off with her friends, I brought her friends who some of them were problems into my house Mm -hmm. and said, you're going to be here and I'm going to be part of your life. And we got through them. But a lot of it really is motherhood tenacity. Just don't give up and love them at the moment they're the most unlovable. And hopefully they'll do the same for you because there will be days you'll be unlovable too.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think that's such great advice and just really realistic because, you know, you have these ideas when they're young about how you're going to read them, Bible stories, and you're going to pour your life into them, and they're going to grow up to just be different than the other kids that you've heard <laughs> about, you know, and the, the reality is that might happen, but it might not. They may have their dark years. You just never know. But you still have to like love them through those years and through those hard times. And I had a baby that I had to learn to love that way right when he came out. He had <laughs> nine months of colic. And I knew this is going to be rough You know, from the get-go. Uh-huh. But whatever the situation is, I think that's just great realistic advice and it's really encouraging and I hope that it is to all of you moms out there she goes on to say a mother will never lose faith in what her girl can be even when the choices she makes are taking her off course like Darlene was just saying when she has compromised the principles she once held when she finds herself entrapped a bad relationship or compromised life not only will we love but we will still know their potential and we will still see the good in our child when their conduct speaks otherwise. That is just in a nutshell, what you just said. That is, I love that. I think that that is so encouraging. Do you have any final thoughts or words of encouragement to leave for our moms today? Sure.
1: I, I would really like to encourage them if they're in that moment with their daughters. And I'm specifically talking about girls. Cause I think, I, you know, again, I didn't raise boys, but I think with girls, it feels so much more emotionally complex that when you're in those situations, you remember the treasure of your child. You remember what she does that delights you. You remember her talents. You remember her delightful nature, her kindness, her sensitivity, all of the good things because that's what ultimately is going to show itself again even if at that moment it's not so you focus on what she can be not what she is right at that moment
0: yes just being wholeheartedly like committed to loving her well I think that is and remembering the things that you love so well about her even in the midst of the crazy things that she might do whether that's toddler tantrums or teenage years you know or in between I think that's so neat And such a word of encouragement today. Um, Girls, we're emotional. You know, it happens. So I think that that (laughs) is a good word of advice for sure. Um, So thanks so much for joining us today, Darlene. She's actually going to be back with us next week. And we're going to be talking more in depth about feeling the pressures of raising daughters while we're living in a filtered world with social media and so many other outlets to technology raising your daughter in that, and how to be a good example and good influence for her. So I'm really excited about that and really diving specifically into that subject. So join us back next week. If you're raising elementary girls all the way to high school girls, I guarantee you they're already feeling the peer pressure of this. And so please join us back next week for that second part and pick up a copy of Darlene's book, Raising Godly Girls, that's available on her website at thegritandgraceproject.org. I will also include this link in our blog show notes on faithful31moms.com. And I just wanted to say once again, thank you for joining me today, Darlene. It's been a pleasure, Mallory. Thank you all so much for listening today. Please go follow us everywhere at faithful 31 Moms. And share our podcast on faithful31moms.com today with one of your friends or someone that you think would be blessed by hearing this today. I hope that you all have a wonderful and blessed day. Faithful 31
1: Moms is produced in association with Love Worth Finding Ministries, built on the profound biblical teaching of Pastor Adrian Rogers. Please visit our website, faithful31moms.com, for all interview show notes. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Faithful31Moms. That's faithful31moms.com.